if parenthood came with a GPS, it would most likely just say recalculating. Join Yulandi Becker and her guest experts Wednesdays at 11 a.m. for Bump and Beyond, the show about pregnancy and babies. 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes, this is 101.9 High FM. This is Bump and Beyond, and I'm your host, Yulandi Becker. The show is all about parenting. And to be honest, it's the 1st of February and I only feel like I'm getting into a new year rhythm at the moment. I'm in a much better mood and that general new year spirit that we all have usually in January, I'm only having now. And I think it has to do with the cooler weather in Gauteng. It was so incredibly hot. It was unbearable. So I'm in a much better mood <laughs> this week than I have been in the whole of January. And I think also it is because we have a little bit more you know, of a rhythm at home after now being in school for a little bit and it's been good. But yes, parenting is not always easy, but it is such a blessing every day. And especially the last couple of weeks, I've been just like sitting in awe of what parenting is to me and how great it is that, I mean, for me, I am able to fetch my kids from school every day, spend time with them every day, have dinner with them every day. And that's kind of the message I want to send out there. We need to be grateful when we are able to do these things with our children because not everyone has that opportunity. And also sometimes just take the time to pause and the key to that is sometimes saying no to things, not saying yes to everything. So learn to say no. But today's topic is one of my favorite topics when it comes to pre and parenting. We are chatting about breastfeeding and all those stupid questions. And they always say that there's no such thing as a stupid question. Everyone says that and I guess in some ways it is true, but let's be honest, sometimes you do feel a little bit stupid asking certain things. So I'm going to do it for you today. Ask some of those pertinent, most important or most asked questions about breastfeeding to our um, expert today, Kerry Haupt, and I'll introduce her a little bit later. But get talking with me today. If you have any smart or stupid questions or questions that you've always wanted to ask about breastfeeding, please do send them into us. You can telephone um, or phone us um, on our telephone number 010-140-3020, 010-140-3020. I realize I have to say that slower. I forget that you can't <laughs> memorize it, but go on our website. You can find all these numbers or you can SMS us on 34519. SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50, 34519. Or you can send us a telegram. It's like a WhatsApp. Um, 061 895 So send us your questions that you have on breastfeeding. So I can also ask them to carry. In 2016 in South Africa, we recorded 67% of our infants initiating breastfeeding within one hour of birth and only 32% being exclusively breastfed, which means exclusive breastfeeding duration 
of two is, is of is two point nine months in South Africa, which is actually it's stats that I'm throwing around here. No one has any comparison what I'm saying here. But what it means is we are one of the lowest rates of breastfeeding in Africa. We are one of the most progressive countries in Africa, yet we have the lowest breastfeeding rate. I think we need to do something about that. I really, really think so. And we're going to get into that just now. This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker, the show about pregnancy and babies. 101.9 megahertz of life. You are on 101.9 High FM. I am your host, Yulani Becker, and this is Bump and Beyond Talking Parenting. And specifically today, like I mentioned, we're talking breastfeeding. And I want you to share with us in the conversation where I'm asking all the most asked questions about breastfeeding, or I'm going to try to, more often than not, as you know, we're running out of time (laughs) because I'm talking way too much, but that's all point, isn't it? Us talking together, and I want you guys to talk with us. So please do send us a message on Telegram of your questions, or even if it's just a share of your own breastfeeding experience, to 061-895-1019 on Telegram, or you can SMS us at 34519. SMSs are charged at 150. Of course, you can also have an email See, we're opening the gateways for you to be able to be in contact with us. You can also email us on onair at com. As mentioned, the show is all about parenting, and we've had some amazing topics, including we have spoken about breastfeeding before. And you can check out all of our previous shows on our um, website, com. Um, and you can check out all the wonderful podcasts from my show and from other shows on High FM. But more on breastfeeding. I just said to you that we are one of the lowest rates of breastfeeding in South Africa. And there's lots of things that I feel that add to this, um, of course, uh, that we have such a low rate. Um, things like, obviously, lots of us have dual income households. It's very difficult these days to be a single income household. You can't almost have kids in South Africa without both parents having to work, uh, meaning that moms have to go back to work after having a baby. And unsupportive workplace policies and those and support of that afterwards really makes it sometimes difficult. You have to know as any working mom that in South Africa, we do actually have a code of good practice on protection of employees during pregnancy and after birth of the child, which requires employers to allow breastfeeding employees 30 minute breaks twice a day for breastfeeding or expressing milk every day up until six months. So prepare yourself to get that support. Unfortunately, there is some, this is a bit because it's a code of good practice. <laughs> There's not all uh, employers have great things in place. And maybe you need to tr- be the trailblazer in your organization of creating these policies. And more importantly, creating spaces for you to be able to. Because they have sometimes these policies in place, but they don't have a space where you can, first of all, express milk or breastfeed. Or store your breast milk. So 
create those spaces, not for yourself only, but for the future breastfeeding moms in your company. So know that is what your right to have that. Other things that sometimes can have an impact, I feel, is things like harmful attitudes towards women's bodies. You know, you always have to cover up when you're breastfeeding because no one wants to see a boob coming out when you're actually feeding your child. We need to embrace those things of you're feeding your child and support each other in those spaces. If you're in your uh, religious community or something like that, create those spaces. If you're not comfortable with those things, create those spaces for breastfeeding moms where they can feel safe and supported to continue the breastfeeding journey. And of course, a very big one is also the very high cesarean section rate in private practice, which can impact and delay the incoming of breast milk, which decreases your chances slightly. But again, something, maybe that's exactly it. One of those questions we rather have to give to our experts today. So I'm very happy to introduce certified South African lactation consultant and registered dietitian, that very magical breed of dietitian and lactation consultant. Carrie helped. Thank you so much for joining me today. <laughs> Good morning. It's always such a pleasure to chat to you. Um, you are really one of my favorite people. And sometimes I feel like I, I take advantage of the situation too much. And yeah, so thank you for that. I appreciate that you are here as an expert and you really are very well known in the lactation community. You even train lots of lactation consultants. So if we're talking about expert in lactation consultant, we are talking to one of them in South Africa. So it's a privilege to have you. My own experience to start off with with breastfeeding, and I've told you this before, is, is like I've got, had a lucky break when it came to. I enjoyed breastfeeding, and to be honest, I found it a lot easier than having to sterilize bottles or prepare a formula or figure out what formula to give my child. <laughs> Even just that, if you stand in a baby city or something and you've got this immense amount just to figure out what to give them it was much easier this to put them on the boob for me so for sure that was easy but there was of course still things that stressed me out about breastfeeding I very specifically remembered that the breastfeeding or the lactation consultant at the hospital told me that my baby has to feed 15 to 20 minutes per breast per feed and I was like in my life, my son, he was, I don't know, he was like a wonder sucker or something. And he <laughs> never in his life drank for such a long time. And it stressed me out because it was just like, he's not getting enough. What's happening? What's going on? And that was just one small thing that really made me think I'm not giving my child enough milk when in fact, it, every child is different. Some babies can, properly take a feed in five minutes and some time like my daughter then later she was a proper grazer and she spent a lot more time at the breast uh, let's start with this question will mm -hmm. we have enough milk for our babies <laughs> so in most cases moms will definitely have enough milk for their babies and and the the thing the role of a lactation consultant is to teach you how to make the most of 
your ability to make breast milk. And with that, it's education. And I'm so excited because pregnancy week is coming up. And um, one of of the most important things to do while you're pregnant is to learn about breastfeeding so that you are ready and you're prepared for for what's coming. Because as soon as your baby is born, you're going to start feeding and you're going to continue feeding. So it's better to know as much as you can beforehand. And that really helps you to be prepared and to know I am giving enough milk or look for the warning signs to say, oh, there's a problem. And I think that there can be problems and we need to act on them. Sometimes it's a small problem that that can be fixed and other times it might not be able to be fixed, but the lactation consultant can help you with feeding as much breast milk as you can, if if that makes sense. I can't wait to get into this a lot more just now. (laughs) This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker, the show about pregnancy and babies, 101.9 megahertz of life. Are you a good teacher? Are you truly passionate about helping children learn? Are you willing to volunteer your help? We are going to be starting a homework helpline this year, and we would love to hear from you. The Homework Helpline is not only for children in our community, but for all the children in South Africa who need academic support and help. To find out more or to be part of this world first, email info at chaifm.com. You are on 101.9 Chaifm with me, Yulandi Becker on Bump and Beyond. And today we're t- talking with Kerry Haupt, a certified lactation consultant, about breastfeeding and those most asked questions. I've already spoken a little bit about enough breastfeeding and she spoke about the importance of being prepared for the breastfeeding journey. And as you said, it's pregnancy awareness week is coming up and that's always a nice celebration of those type of things. But for me, one of the questions that I've seen that because I Googled like all the most asked questions and one question that comes up all the time is Will it be painful to breastfeed? So that is so true. And and the scary thing is if you look up articles on breastfeeding, the biggest thing is pain that comes up. Mm. And to be honest with you, breastfeeding should not be painful. That That's the underlying message. However, when you start breastfeeding, you might feel a little bit of nipple discomfort, but it should go away in the first 10 or 15 seconds. If it's continuous during the feed, we need to find out why. And why could be a shallow latch, it could be a tongue tie. There's a few different reasons why it could continue to hurt, but generally it's positioning and we can fix it. If it's a tongue tie, we need to refer to an ENT for that, but it's, it shouldn't be for long. If if you are having pain in between breastfeeds, it could be something else that is happening. But in general, breastfeeding should be comfortable and um and relaxing and enjoyable. No. And it's and it really is. I, I even and I'm, it's been what like nine years since I've breastfed. Now it's maybe a little bit shorter, eight years that I've breastfed. And a friend of mine recently had a baby and she was talking to me about milk coming in. And as she was saying that, and I was seeing her little son, even on video breastfeeding, I could feel the milk. Like I could, I have that tingling feeling. I also have, while I'm talking to you, always pointing at my breast when I talk about them. So luckily no one else can see me, (laughs) but 
I, I can remember that it, it is such a beautiful like bonding experience to have that and it is true it shouldn't be hurting sometimes it's just in between sometimes and crack nipples and those type of things but that's more often than not not taking care afterwards and I feel, or what do you think crack nipples leads? I mean, isn't it for me? It was if I didn't dry my nipple properly, I didn't air it out a little bit. It was always covered. Then it was when things like that happened. So definitely allowing your nipples to dry out um, in between feeds is a, is a good practice because it helps to prevent thrush. Um, but if you are having a crack nipple, that is most likely a shallow latch. So I had a client who I actually helped her sister with breastfeeding and the sister like helped her and the positioning looked perfect. The latch looked good, but she said it was so sore the whole time during the feed. And what was actually happening is it was still a shallow latch. She wasn't quite waiting long enough for baby to open. Um, and, and that was causing the, the cracked nipples. And it can be very, very painful. But as soon as we just changed the position slightly, the baby was able to open their mouth and get a deeper latch and the pain was gone immediately. So if, if there are things in between happening, then we need to look at the positioning first. That's the first thing we do. And that's what lactation consultants do. We actually watch you breastfeed. We see how you do it. We show you what you are doing beautifully. And then we recommend changes and we help you with those changes so that when we leave, you are able to carry on breastfeeding with those changes to make it more comfortable. I mean, you, you keep on saying that word position and I, again, when I was breastfeeding, it was such a stupid thing. Again, I'm using the word stupid because I did it myself here. And now thinking back, and it was when newborn babies are so, the Afrikaans word is pup. They're not very firm and they're very floppy. Um, and sometimes you struggle in the beginning if you're not used to holding a baby to properly hold them. And we all have like a preference of which arm to hold them initially, which side to breastfeed on initially, because it's yeah. just kind of like they're so floppy and you're just like, I can only hold them like this. And then it struggles on the other breast because, and it's a small thing like their head being turned to one side and not properly on that can make such a big Big difference with breastfeeding but from your perspective how long should we breastfeed for are you meaning per actual feed or, or yes? let's start with per actual feed and then for how long okay. <laughs> in total no problem. no problem so so you know women have different capacities in their breasts and what we mean by that is how much milk they can hold in between a feed and um, it doesn't have anything to do with the size of your breast. So it doesn't matter your size of your breast, you'll be able to feed your baby. That's, that's generally true. So if you have a high capacity, you will feed your baby quicker than if you have a low capacity. But at the end of a feed, your baby will have the same mills because during the feed, that's when you make the most amount of milk. So on average, five to five minutes to half an hour is about normal. If your baby is drinking for more than 45 minutes, then we start wondering, why is it taking so long? Is it positioning? Is it slow milk transfer? We look for that. If your baby has like a two-minute feed and then wakes up half an hour later, then definitely they didn't have enough at that feed. They were probably just thirsty and, and needed a little drink, and then they'll have a deeper feed later. So, yeah, that's that's generally how long per feed. Please note, I did not say on each side. 
I just said per feed. And the reason is some women feed off one breast. Some women need a little bit of extra um, volume from the other breast. And it de- really depends on the mom and the baby. So I don't say every mom has to swap. It really depends. And baby will show you signs that they are full and you go with the signs. You really read your baby. You learn to look at their body language to tell you. And then how long to breastfeed for in years and months and all of that, the World Health Organization recommends six months of exclusive breastfeeding and then two years and beyond. So they don't actually put an end date on breastfeeding. And the reason for that is even at two years, there's still benefit for a baby to breastfeed from a mom. So those are the guidelines. And for for me, it's a very personal decision between mom and baby as to how long they breastfeed for. And there are so many different reasons why moms and babies stop breastfeeding. So in the end, it's a mom's personal choice as to how long she breastfeeds for. And I, I really want to encourage mom is even if you are only feeding once a day, baby's a bit older and you're only feeding breast milk once a day, you're still breastfeeding. So count yourself as a breastfeeding mom. Often moms think they're no longer breastfeeding, but if they're putting baby to the breast or they're pumping and they're giving express breast milk, it's still, in my mind, counting as breastfeeding. I love that because that's also something uh, from a sleep consultant perspective that we often tell parents is like, especially with toddlers, is that you, they can eat solids. They don't need a lot of milk, obviously, with their toddlers and they're closer to two years and those type of things. And even if you have one like milk feed just before the bedtime, it's such a great bonding, wonderful, like things that they get. And it's so great for your body and your endorphins as well. So that you feel like really good. So it is a really for both of you, a very good kind of bonding experience. So, and I always feel that you as a mom, need to make that choice. And if you feel ever that you are forced by external factors, lack of sleep and those type of things, it's probably not the right time for you to stop breastfeeding. And there's always a way. Lactation consultants are great to help with those things. With regards to, because you also said, mentioned the different boobs that you can have now. And I love that we can say boobs when we talk about breastfeeding. Um, <laughs> only time we could do that is that but how do you know? I think that's one of the, also one of the questions that came up all the time. How do you know if your baby has had enough milk? All right. So it also depends on the age of the baby, but let's just go with general, general. When a baby starts to breastfeed, they normally have very closed fists and I call them hangry fists because they look tight and they, you know, and as they get fuller, you will see that their hands will open and relax. Their body will become more and more relaxed. Think about you eating a big meal and how you start feeling more relaxed and, and, you know, you slow down with your feeding. So, Baby will either pull away, turn their head, or fall asleep on the breast. So those are the different signs that you will see. Sometimes, though, like if you change, well, if you if you burp them, they might wake up and need a little more um, after that because you've unsettled them with burping or whatever. But generally, it's when they are pulling away that they show you that they no longer need more breast milk. And the important part about allowing them to show you that they are full is this is important for when they get older and become adults, they learn to understand when they are full. So this is something that is taught under the age of three. So if we force babies to keep drinking, keep drinking, um, because we like time-wise, it's not yet half an hour. You have to keep drinking. Baby's going to fight you. So we want babies to learn 
I'm full, turn away. Okay, that's enough. All right. If, if maybe you get it wrong and they still need a little more, then offer them, offer them the breast, probably the other breast so that they have a, a faster flow of milk because as you drink, It'll come slower, the milk will come out, and you might need to just go to the other side to have like a nice quenching first, uh, leaving a suck on the breast, and the baby can then just have that little bit extra, and they'll, they should be okay. So that's kind of how you tell, is watching your baby's cues as to how much they've had. If your baby has fallen asleep, but they wake up again in an hour, then maybe they didn't have enough of a feed. And if that happens on a regular basis, then chat to a lactation consultant and get a consult so that we can help you with making sure they have a better transfer of milk. If you've just joined us, you are on 101.9 High FM with me, your host, Yulandi Becker. And I'm talking breastfeeding questions and or helping to answer your breastfeeding questions with uh, Kerry Haupt, lactation consultant. Uh, Kerry, now, just now you were also talking about, um, making sure how you know you have enough feeds or how you have enough milk and all that. But you also mentioned that if you're feeding every hour, it's not, that's maybe your, your baby is not feeding enough. How often should you be feeding? Let's, uh, let's start with smaller babies and then bigger babies, but how often should feeds be happening during the day? All right. So in the first few days when there's colostrum, you can be feeding your baby 12, 15 times in a day. So there's 24 hours in a day. 12, 15 times is a lot and it feels like a lot. Um, but as your milk um, transitions from the colostrum to the transitional milk, your, your feeds will lower because the volume of milk will increase. So then we talk about 8 to 10 times a day. And then as the baby gets older, it's 8 times a day. And then like from 6 months onwards, it'll it'll decrease 5, 4, 3, 2, depending on, on you, your, your lifestyle, if you're working and all of that. So in the beginning, it can be quite a lot. And we want a lot of feeds right in the beginning to stimulate your breast milk. So I like to talk about turning on the factory. And the, and what turns on the factory is nipple stimulation and sucking. So your baby turns on your factory because think about it. Are you going to want to waste milk and just have a dripping breast all the time? Or do you want all that goodness just to go to your baby? So that's how our body is designed, that the baby turns on the factory. We make a lot of milk. When baby stops sucking, we stop making it like a lot of milk so the baby doesn't need to swallow. You know, there's nobody to take the milk. So the body stops making lots of milk then. So, um, yeah, that's how you would increase your milk supply. And you need to do that with lots of, of sucking at the breast in the beginning. But it does decrease as baby gets older. And, I mean, it's also how you're mentioning that as well. I remember, again, Initially, when the breast milk comes in and you're regularly feeding, obviously your boobs are like giant and it's almost like you're oversupplying the amount of milk. Your, your breasts are always full. And yeah, I think about three, four months, it starts settling. And then often pet moms think, Oh, I've run out of milk. My milk, I don't have milk anymore. But in reality, it's just your body now adjusting to this the demand so supply and demand is kind of equal and you're not over supplying anymore but that also brings me to the next question is like do you have to have a breast pump when you're breastfeeding so the 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 easy answer is no you don't 
Um, the reason why a mom would need a breast pump is if a baby is born prematurely, if she's battling with the breastfeeding and she still needs to increase her supply and to stimulate her breast so that she can, so she doesn't lose her breast milk. That's a very good use for a breast pump. Going back to work is a good use. Um, if you've got really cracked nipples, you can actually use a breast pump while your nipples heal. Um, so you don't, not every mom, uses a breast pump or needs a breast pump, but the stats are in, in America, 80% of women are using breast pumps. And I think the reason for that is that they go back to work so quickly. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I never used a breast pump. I I, I just didn't enjoy it. I, I still would, I speak to people that hear the boop, boop, boop sound. <laughs> it freaked me out. But I do also have to say that, again, that was naivety because I was just, picking the cheapest, easiest one that I could find. And I first had a manual brace fab and that did not work at all. Um, because I also feel that sometimes you need a backup of if you're going somewhere and you want someone to babysit, you need a backup. And that's why I had a brace pump. But I, what my question is, is, is there different kinds of brace pumps and yeah. Absolutely, there are. <laughs> there, is, there is a lot of difference in the quality of breast pumps. And so, what should you be looking out for for to to signal a good quality breast pump? I would say a warranty. So the longer the warranty, you kind of know that they trust that that motor is going to last. So like a two-year yeah, warranty yeah. is a really good warranty on a breast pump. A breast pump that has different size flanges. So the flange is the part that goes onto your breast and not all moms have the same size nipples because we're all gorgeous and we're all wonderful, but our breast pumps need to fit us so that it's not painful. So we don't have rubbing or too much of the breast is sucked into, into the flange. So having the option of having different size, um, flanges is really important. It actually shows you that that company has done research to see like what is more comfortable for women. Having a breast pump that is load shedding proof is quite important at the moment. (laughs) That that is also very important. Um, So obviously a manual one would definitely Mm. be, but you do get um, lithium batteries. You do also get breast pumps that have batteries in it. And then for me, one of the most important things is a closed system. So a closed system breast pump is more hygienic because you do not get moisture going into the tubing or into the pump. And if that does happen, if you do get it, so an open system pump can have mold, bacteria, viruses growing in the pump that can then go back into the baby's milk. And that's what we definitely do not want. So a closed system breast pump, a breast pump that has nappy codes is also quite quite handy to have. Nappy codes means that you can claim back from uh, your medical aid. So you need to have a special invoice for that, um, which is very useful. Not all medical aids allow it, but for the ones that do, it comes out of your savings. So that's also very useful. And then a quiet breast pump. <laughs> so crazy. that you're not traumatized <laughs> years later when you hear boop, boop, boop. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, um, a pump like the Maya Joy is so quiet that I could have it on right now and you wouldn't know. Um, and that's very useful. So even mm. if you're going back to work, your colleagues won't know what you're doing. If they walk past your door, they're not going to hear this. It's very quiet and that's quite nice and for funny reasons as well so that you can actually watch tv while you're pumping because you want to do something else sometimes while you're pumping and if it's very quiet it's just more relaxing you could do other things you can talk on the phone so it sounds silly 
but a quiet breast bump is definitely important. And I mean, it's not, I mean, you now mentioning that you could do other things. And sometimes I found that when I was pumping, I was trying so hard because now you can see how much is coming out mm-hmm. of the breast, of the breast. And that stressed me out so much. And I needed to either think of my child and then yeah. concentrate on something like that or be distracted a little bit so that I'm relaxed and it kind of happens naturally. And I felt like if I was concentrating on how little was coming out, it didn't help the situation whatsoever. So I think that's quite helpful to have that. Another thing that, something? yes, okay. yes, of course. So a little a tip for moms is that do not look at Instagram and how much milk other mothers make because 300 mils in a pumping session is not the average. Most people will pump what a baby drinks. So it'll be between 60 and 120, 150 mils max. So that's normal. That's mm-hmm. really normal. And if you're pumping in the early morning, you'll get more. And if you're pumping in the late afternoon, you'll get less. And that is normal. And I think people need to understand what is normal because mm-hmm. then you're not so stressed. However, if you are stressed, Stick a clean sock over the bottle and don't watch. Cool. Oh, running out of time very quickly. Craig is signaling me for another ad break. <laughs> this is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker, the show about pregnancy and babies. 101.9 megahertz of life. Slowly easing into the last section of the show. Running out of steam like always. I'm, I'm thinking that I'm going to have to ask Kathy to increase the show that we can have it for two hours because I've got more to say. Um, <laughs> even though I'm pretty sure you're getting sick of my voice by now, but I've got lots more questions. And I'm, if you just joined us, I am talking breastfeeding with Kerry Hout. And it's been wonderful chatting with you, but I've still got some questions that I hope we get to. One of the questions that I want to um, ask is, personally, I remember that I actually had mastitis. Is that how you pronounce it? Um, with But only with my second, uh, with Emmy, with the second time that breastfed. I never had it with Oscar. And with Emmy, I had it two or three times that it happens. So first of all, how do you notice if you have a blocked duct? And how can you avoid something like that? Okay, so I'm going to start with how to avoid because there's something that you said earlier is that it took a lot longer for her to drink from you. So this is one of the warning signs that might ah. be, yeah, <laughs> so, um, not emptying and draining the breast efficiently or sufficiently, both of them, can cause milk to stay in the ducts. And then that's what mastitis is. It's where the milk stays in the ducts and it doesn't move. Ah. So we need to we need to move it. So one of the reasons would be baby's not taking enough milk out. So that could be a shallow latch. Um, it could be that mommy's battling with a letdown. So we can help moms with massages and heat and warmth to get that milk to flow. Another thing could be that you slept funny. Well, funny is the wrong word, but you slept maybe on that breast and you didn't move and there was it, there was pressure on the breast so that the milk got stuck. Oh, um, something yes. like lying on my arm and then it's dead. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly like that. Or wearing a seatbelt over that breast, pushing on there, wearing an underwire bra or, or too tight clothing, something like that can also cause it. But normally we're looking at 
women who are pumping a lot, that, that can also cause it because they're overstimulating. Um, or the baby is not draining and emptying the breast. So, so we can look at that. Um, the signs would be you would feel a little uncomfortable. You might feel a lump. Um, your breast could become tender. As you're going more and more from a blocked duct, which is a simple thing to more mastitis, it'll become more red, it'll become very painful, the breast will become hard. So there's a progression. And if you can get, if you can see it and identify it as quickly as possible, it's very important. So we have gentle massaging techniques that you can use over the blocked duct or the bump or the lump that you're feeling on your breast to help to soothe and to to um, get that duct open and to get that blockage to move and one of the tricks is that it's not just pushing on the actual blockage it's massaging in front of that blockage between the nipple and the blockage because there's oh, to let it out traffic, yeah if you think of traffic if there's a broken down car the tra- the blockage happens behind the broken down car so you've got to move that car so you've got to massage and also to remember that ducks don't go straight to the nipple they might twist a bit they might not go uh-huh. in a straight line so you have to massage in a bit of a, a, a semicircle around the nipple where that block duct would be just to help. We use cold after a feed to help with inflammation. You can take anti-inflammatories, certain anti-inflammatories you can definitely take during breastfeeding and then warmth massage before we're feeding or pumping. Very, very important though. Please do not press very hard on your breast because you can bruise and do more damage. So what we want is a gentle. The ladies respond to gentleness and to <laughs> kindness. So be gentle, be kind. If you are hurting yourself in any way, if the heat is too hot, then it's too hot. You're pushing too hard or whatever. So we, we really try to be gentle with the breast because they respond much better to gentle stimulation than um, you know pushing too hard. We also have um, breast massages now that heat up and they vibrate to help with breaking up that blockage and to get your milk flowing as well. You also mentioned now one thing as well about the underwire bras and stuff. Is it is it important to have like nursing bras when you're breastfeeding? It really depends on how easy it is for you to get to your breast. So when mom's at home, a lot of my moms, they don't even wear a bra. Uh, they just, you know, it's fine. But if you're at work, and you need to pump or you're going out, uh, uh, breastfeeding bras is a lot easier to get the access to the, to the breast. Yeah. So hopefully we get to both these questions. One thing I first want to ask is how can we boost our, if we have low supply, how can we increase our, if we feel that we have too little milk, how can we boost our milk supply? Okay, so first you need to check how many wet nappies in 24 hours your baby is having. If they're having six to eight wet nappies and they're growing well, Please believe in your body a little more. <laughs> okay, you have I love no that. That's a, that's why I also <laughs> said that if you think you have low supply, because more often than not, I feel that it's not always the case. You might think it, but you are actually yeah. doing it. Supply yeah. is equal to demand. <laughs> so if you don't have enough, and there is a problem, baby's not gaining weight, whatever. The first thing you need to do is check your latch. Is it a good latch? Is baby transferring milk? Um, then you can do extra like pumping. Um, you can do massaging on the breast and, and that. So it's definitely we first start off with supply and demand. 
If you're only breastfeeding six times in a day, we need to get you breastfeeding more often. So we first look at that. Um, I know you're going to ask about supplements and things like that. And there are herbal supplements that can help you. But if you are not emptying the breast as often as you need to be, those supplements aren't going to be able to help you as much as they can. So we first go for latch and how many times in 24 hours are you feeding before we go to other things. Okay, I like that a lot. But in my attempt, because obviously this is also an attempt to help and encourage moms to breastfeed because it is important to breastfeed and we want to create a culture of breastfeeding. I feel more and more in South Africa so that we're supporting these moms to get there. Give us some of the benefits of breastfeeding. Why is it important that moms breastfeed? There there actually are so many different benefits and different moms will value different of the benefits. So if you've had breast cancer in your family, knowing that breastfeeding reduces the mom's risk of getting breast cancer will be a big thing for her. Knowing that by breastfeeding and especially giving colostrum, you actually improve the baby's gut biome, which for some people will be like, what is that? So it's the healthy bacteria inside the baby's gut, which prevents them from getting lots of diseases like diarrhea and all of that. That will be beneficial to some moms. Um, also helping that, that they can absorb nutrients better and grow better, reduces their risks of allergies. It also reduces the risks of cancers in the baby, as well as other cancers in the mom. And the very interesting fact for South Africa, because we have such a high diabetic rate, is that if you breastfeed for six months or longer, you reduce your risk of getting diabetes by half. So that could be gestational diabetes or normal diabetes. So it really has got so many different benefits for both mom and baby. I remember before we have to say goodbye. I remember that I, I once saw like a, a talk about breastfeeding and then they had the list of benefits for breastfeeding and it was like miles long and then a list for formula and it was just, it was not a comparison in some ways. Yeah. But I mean, we know that all moms don't have the opportunity to do so, but if we create a culture of it, I feel we can help a lot more moms in being successful in breastfeeding. Kerry, like always, it's been amazing to have you on the show. For all of you out there, you will be able to catch this podcast on our website, highfm.com. Bye-bye, Kerry. It was nice having you. Thank you so much. This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker, the show about pregnancy and babies, 101.9 megahertz of life. It has been so wonderful once again to be able to share with you in your parenting journey. Remember that this podcast for today will be available on our website, www.highfm.com. And you can catch that and all of our other shows with great topics as well on our website. And not just my show, all of the other shows on HiFM are also available on podcasts for you to go listen to whenever you feel like it, when you have time in the evening, whenever. Or if you want to share this with your friends and family and think they can help from or benefit from it, please go there and share it with them. Um, And share with us your questions. We would love to know if you're liking the show, if you're enjoying what we're talking about, if there's a specific topic that you would like us to talk about. Send us an email at bump and beyond at highfm.com. If we wish to be a breastfeeding nation that sets children on a path to future health and wealth, 
then we all need to play our part in ensuring that our partners, our sisters, our nieces, our neighbors, our employees are supported to exclusively breastfeed. There's a role for each of us. As a father, you can feed your baby express breast milk from time to time to give the mother a rest. As a family member, you can create an enabling environment in your home for those who are breastfeeding. Ensure that they are well-fed, hydrated, and reduce their share of the household chores. I'm going to repeat that. Reduce their share of the household chores. (laughs) Another good reason to start breastfeeding. As an employer, you can ensure your workplace environment is supportive and enabling by creating safe and private spaces for staff members returning to work after maternity leave to breastfeed or express milk. As a religious leader, you can ensure that your place of gathering is where breastfeeding mothers are welcomed and celebrated and free to breastfeed in a manner that is most comfortable for them. Join me next week as I am going to share some of my exceptional organizational skills and share with you how you can organize your life a little bit with helpful tips with um, a wonderful person to help you be more prepared and organized as parents. I'm going to be talking to Debbie next week and I want you to join me on this conversation of organizing your life. Whether you breastfeed for a minute, for an hour, or for a day, or for years, you as a mom, you're amazing. There is no question about it. If you are now pregnant, get in touch with a lactation. They've got a a website for lactation consultants where you can get the closest lactation consultant to you, where you can be prepare beforehand to know what to do. Again, I'm sharing with you, even if you breastfeed for a minute or for an hour or for a day or even for years, you are amazing and your body is capable of so much. So I am impressed The world is changed by our example and not by our opinion. Let's lead by example for our children. It has been wonderful to share this day with you. And join me next week. And thank you for joining me today. Until next time, enjoy your day.